Hi, I'm Maria, the Prevention and Youth Engagement Coordinator at the National Runaway Safe Line. The National Runaway Safe Line, or NRS, is the federally supported national communication system for runaway and homeless youth in the United States, providing crisis support and resources to over 125,000 youth, families, and communities annually. This November, as we recognize National Runaway Prevention Month, I have the honor of hosting our Let's Talk podcast series, where our hope is to elevate the voices of young people as they share their stories and highlight the complexities and intersections that are experienced by the 4.2 million young people experiencing homelessness across the United States each year. As we commemorate the start of National Runaway Prevention Month and the start of this new Let's Talk podcast series, I'm excited to introduce to you all our very own CEO, Susan Frankel. Susan has been leading NRS since 2018 and came to the organization with an extensive history leading other youth advocacy organizations, formerly serving as the executive director of the Chicago Foundation for Education and the president and CEO of Freons to Computers, an organization dedicated to reducing childhood poverty in greater Cincinnati. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. I could not be more excited to have you as our first guest on this podcast series and to learn more from you about National Runaway Prevention Month and how it relates to our work and our mission at NRS. To get started, I'm curious about how you became involved with youth advocacy work at the start of your career and how that led you to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm super excited that we're doing this. Thank you um, for asking the question. So I, um, out of undergrad, my first job was actually working in one of the first then called independent living programs in the country. It was based in Hyattsville, Maryland. Um, Now they're called transitional living programs, but it was called an independent living program. And and it literally was one of the first ones that was funded around, around the country. And that experience, so I was young, I had no experience, I had no idea, right, what I was doing. I was almost the same age as the young people I was working with, but I can still tell you most of their names from that, that group of young people that I, that I worked with at the time. And at, at that point and moment, I really realized, well, well, I liked what I was doing and those kiddos meant a lot to me, I wasn't gonna really change much. I mean, I could change one life at a time, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Um, but really what was it was, what was the heart what why were they there in the first place why were these you know 16 17 18 year olds being written off almost from the moment they were born so how do we change that you know um, and, and I think that was really the 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 piece that kind of spurred me on to to kind of take every step from there Thank you so much for sharing. I think the passion and clear dedication you bring to this work is part of what makes you such an impactful CEO. You bring a unique perspective to leading the organization from your experience in direct service and in volunteering at NRS decades ago. Is that correct? When I started volunteering in the in the mid nineties, you know, I. It, one, it was just such an amazing experience, and it just is such a testament to this organization. This organization celebrating its fiftieth year serving young people around the country but as a volunteer and really being on the lines for actually um, the crisis lines for almost seven years and hearing the stories and and knowing really what was needed for young people at that time has really influenced my perspective and my career over the sort of you know all of this 
many years since then. But I think what it, it also it says is now sitting in this role and this perspective and, and having all of these different experiences with the organization, it's a calling, right? But we it's also not okay to say, okay, well, we're here today. We've been here for 50 years. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We have to be more innovative, more creative, and and louder and more, uh, more purposeful then about what we're going to do to to resolve these issues and, and to put ourselves out of business, quite frankly. I think this is the perfect chance to describe what we do at NRS for anyone joining us today who's not already familiar with our work and also gives us a chance to describe how we work within the runaway and homeless youth system at large. I think, as you know, Maria, I have the opportunity to speak to a lot of different groups, right? And in all of those different settings, and I'll, I'll say this here because it's what I say over and over again, from my perspective, National Runaway SafeLine is a partner, is a partner in the continuum of support and the network of services and support that runaway and homeless youth in this country need, or really young people who are really just experiencing any sort of crisis. So we are a stop on their journey. They may come to us in the very beginning when they're first experiencing that crisis, or they may come somewhere in the middle or later when it's just gotten you know, so severe and so significant that they're, they're so desperate they're reaching to us. Our role is to be the conduit and the connector and to make sure that we're building out relationships and partnerships and that they're strong and that we recognize that everybody brings different things to the table that young people do and we need and and we are stronger together than we are separate. And so when I think about how we are part of that network, it's critical. We serve as a way to make those connections between other organizations, to get information out, to serve as resources, and to be that person that's, we always have a live voice available 24 seven. Not everybody has the resources or capacity to do that. So lean on us and we lean on our partners when we're trying to, to get you know, the young people we serve the help they need. We're all in this together. As you know, this podcast will air November 1st at the forefront of National Runaway Prevention Month, our awareness campaign that we spearhead with the support of the Family and Youth Services Bureau. As someone who's committed their career to working in this field, how have you seen NRPM evolve since its inception nearly 20 years ago? So, I mean, one of the big things is the existence of social media and the power of social media. So, you know, we can spend a lot of time talking about some of the downsides, you know, all the screen time, the way young people communicate, that they're buried with their phones and attached. But the, the upside, the strength of social media and the strength of how much smaller the world has become because we're so much more connected, I think in many ways, one, this access to more information has also revealed just how challenging, what the challenges look like for young people and what they're facing and how serious they are. But I think the biggest change is social media is opening up so many opportunities and ways and spaces for us to engage more people, to get more people involved, to tell more stories, to to not let things, you know, be put back on a shelf for the the other 11 months. It allows us to continue to tell these stories, to continue to share out why it's so important to, whether it's to make a difference in your local community by going to volunteer or, or you know donate or support a local shelter, 
to at the national level, using your voice to influence the outcome of federal legislation that could make a huge difference, right? At any and all levels, it allows us to provide access that I don't think was there before to information, resources, and to use your those forums to really speak out and speak up. Could you explain why NRPM is so important to the work that we do at NRS and to the Runaway and Homeless Youth Network as a whole? It's a really important question. You know, and I think about how we talk about these months, right? There's there's a month for everything. There's like your favorite ice cream month or your favorite ice cream day or, or whatever, or eat pizza day. But national, so I think, you know, maybe when National Runaway Prevention Month started more than 20 years ago, it, it was such an important designation at that moment in time, because when I think back historically, that, that was the moment in time where nationally it was recognized that there are youth experiencing homelessness, there are youth running away, they're running away from really difficult, dangerous, potentially life-threatening situations. There are vulnerable youth who need our support. And that is what National Runaway Prevention Month symbolizes. And flash forward, here we are more than 20 years later, still celebrating or acknowledging this month or this time every year, which in many ways says to me, we haven't done a good enough job at eliminating or eradicating youth homelessness in this country. It puts more pressure on us today than it was even 20 years ago. The numbers are increasing. The severity of the circumstances that our young people are facing are increasing. It's our responsibility to do something about it. So National Runaway Prevention Month for me is a forum and an opportunity to amplify our voices, to amplify the voices of the young people who need us and who are serving, to amplify the amazing work that's happening across this country, the network and system of support that exists for young people. But quite frankly, we need to do more. We need to do better. We need to be louder. We need to amplify those voices more. And we need to be putting more resources. That is so true. And I always appreciate how NRS prioritizes the perspectives and lived experience of young people through the work that we do every day. As we think about the new Let's Talk podcast series, what's something about this project that excites you? I think this is an amazing opportunity to share our voices, to share the perspectives of young people from across the country, from a variety of experiences and lived experiences and perspectives that are so important to helping us as an organization shape the, the future direction of how we, how we lead, how we exist in this world to provide the support necessary for young people and how we do it in a way that's meaningful for them. I have to say, I'm so excited for this series, too. I can't wait for our audience to listen and learn from the brilliant young people I have the privilege to interview as they share their expertise and their advocacy to national audiences. Throughout the month of November, NRS hosts a ton of national events to help spread awareness of issues that impact runaway and homeless youth. In addition to being the first official day of NRPM, November 1st is also the first day of our Education Week, a time where we do a deep dive on different topics at the intersections of youth homelessness. Our first topic being mental health. What is something that you've learned or maybe something that has surprised you about the intersection of mental health and youth homelessness? Um, 
Unfortunately, where I'm at now, in some ways, nothing surprises me, um, which which is is good and bad, right? It just means that maybe I've been around long enough to not be as surprised. I mean, there there are moments certainly, but I think the the mental health crisis that we are that this country that we are facing, not actually just this country, that we're really seeing across the world, and really naming and understanding the effect that a pandemic at the at the level and scope of what has happened as a result of COVID-19 and the impact that that's had on young people, um, it's it, it's overwhelming at times, but it's also critical that we continue to, to raise awareness around the needs of young people, the impact that mental health challenges for every, you know, whether you're homeless or not homeless, or, you know, whatever your circumstances are, the, the the mental health component is just is a struggle and a challenge for anybody who's experiencing those circumstances. So I think that in some ways what COVID-19 has done is it's risen, it's, it's sort of um, um, revealed or exposed something that was there for a very long time. It's just, it's brought it to the surface and I'm hopeful then that in many ways that if we keep shining a light on that and the importance of that, that we'll continue to change the narrative and make sure that it's part of everyday conversation, that it's woven into the fabric of the kind of resources and conversations that we have, and that when young people reach out to us, that we are ready and able to refer them and point them in the direction for the supports that they need. Susan, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to meet with me and help launch our Let's Talk podcast series. Before we close, is there one thing that you would like our audience to take away from our conversation today? Sure. I think don't wait. If, if this speaks to you at all, if, if you have any experience with young people in your life and you want to make a difference, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next time. Don't wait till you have more time. It can be as simple as, you know, hanging out with a neighbor down the street going for coffee or, or whatever that might look like just to have a, a place to connect and a place to talk. It can be volunteering somewhere at a local service provider or a local shelter. It can be volunteering for the safe line. It could be getting your company to sign on to be a partner for National Runaway Prevention Month. It can be you writing letters to help pass legislation that will influence kids. So the biggest takeaway is if this speaks to you at all, don't wait, take action, do something. And it doesn't have to be a big grand gesture. It can be really simple, really straightforward. Just take a moment, you see a young person, you're not sure if they're okay, just ask them if they're okay, do they need anything, and try to help. Thank you to everyone who has partnered with us this National Runaway Prevention Month. Thank you to everyone who is committed to becoming more aware of the youth homelessness crisis. Thank you to all the young people who share their expertise and speak truth to power. And of course, thank you to everyone who has joined us today for the launch of our Let's Talk podcast series. Each Tuesday in the month of November, we will publish a new episode where young people will lead important conversations about the issues at the intersections of youth homelessness and share their stories.